What up, ladies and gentlemen? Late on a Saturday evening, uh, November 19th, 2022. Uh, just doing a special pod tonight. As you know, if you're a big fan of the show and the network, Todd and I are doing the uh, Bicentennial episode. And so it will be released the day before Thanksgiving. So this is six days before Thanksgiving, five days, six days, five days, whatever. Um, and Jamie and I, were going to try to get together, do an episode of the other half. Didn't work out this weekend. So I'm just hopping on the mic to talk to you guys for a little bit. And uh, I really just wanted to come on. And because of how the day turned out, I want to talk college football. It's something that... Certainly Todd and I don't talk about because he doesn't follow college football. At least we don't talk about it much. Uh, Jamie and I may have talked about it on an episode or two of the other half, but not in depth. But today was just a wacky day. Um, I will be talking about this from somewhat of a biased perspective. Those of you that know me know that I went to Clemson. I root for Clemson. I watch every Clemson game. Um, and currently Clemson is out of the playoff picture when the playoff picture first opened up, they were in the fourth seed. They were in position to make it to the the uh, college football playoff. And then five days later, they lost to Notre Dame. Um, we, we meaning Clemson, have played two games since. We have won both of them. We won convincingly today. There's still a path to get into the, the CFP for Clemson. Um, we are currently ranked ranked ninth. We will likely be, almost certainly be ranked eighth when the new rankings come out on Tuesday. So we'll take one step ahead. But I wanted to talk about just the, the landscape of college football because today that eighth could have easily been sixth. It was a wacky day, maybe even fifth. It was a wacky day on the gridiron today of college football. Um, and so I just kind of want to talk about what's going on with, I'm, I'm going to be focusing on top 10 teams. So if you care nothing about college football, you can stop listening. I'm not offended. Um, but if you have any interest and, or want to hear the opinions of a very, very biased person, though someone who admittedly in the last, not even eight to 10 years, last four to five years, I've really gotten to the point where I'll watch a lot of football. Like a lot of games that I wouldn't even care about. Uh, per example, is I have a coworker who's a friend of mine, who's a the largest Nebraska fan you'll ever meet, uh, or ever uh, you know whatever the, the biggest Nebraska fan out there. And so I find myself watching maybe not entire games, but large chunks of Nebraska games. I could care less about Nebraska. I've always never had any interest in Nebraska, and yet here I am watching large chunks of time of Nebraska games. Uh, that's just one example, but it's also if I'm if I'm anti-rooting for someone, like today I watched several games just because I was rooting for a certain team to win, although I could have, I, I for the most part, could care less who won the game. Um, so I find myself doing that quite a bit as well. And like, you know, my mom and a lot of people in my family are and were always big Penn State fans. I find myself watching a lot of Penn State football, and that's been the case for a while. Outside of Clemson, I would say Penn State is definitely the team I've watched the most football of. Uh, but, you know, they could be playing Rutgers. Like, I don't care. I'll just watch it just because it's 
it's it's entertaining to me now college football unlike the NFL the NFL has this this model down to a T and I give them credit for that but one one of several irks about college football for me is that uh, if you're not the noon game which is the first game on a given Saturday um, you're you're likely gonna miss some of your <laughs> some of the first quarter from from a you know broadcasting perspective because they slate th- is it three and a half three and a half hours for games very rarely do college football games only take the three and a half hours and so you know out here in Denver where I live in Mountain Standard Time games start at 10 a.m. and then games start at 1 30 and 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 then uh, you have the nighttime games which start at 5 5 36 depending on where they are and then Super late night games start at even as late as 7.30 or 8 here if they're on the West Coast, Pac-12 games specifically. But they always run over. The NFL could tell you before the game starts, this game's going to take two hours and 50 minutes. And you know what? It takes two hours and 50 minutes. It's fun. I don't know how they do that. It's kind of creepy. But with college, I think it's – it happened a lot in the, in the Clemson-Miami game today. I think it's just all the reviews. Like every questionable play is reviewed, and it takes forever – there's obviously a bunch of commercials. I get that it's not a free show; they got to make money. But good lord, sometimes those college games just take too long. So I say all that to say, I might even watch more, but it's just being inundated by commercials is something that I do not do well with. The grand majority of, of any TV that I watch um, is either binging on a service like Netflix, Netflix Hulu, etc., or I am watching on the DVR. So I can skip commercials. So when I have to sit through anything live, and I, I even do that with Clemson games, we won't start watching the game until at least 15, 20, sometimes 30, if not more, minutes after it started just so we can zap through the commercials. Um, and then if we catch up at, at halftime, for example, we'll pause and do something else for a bit in order to build up some delay so that we're not just sitting through commercials all the time. It's just crazy. And I, you know, I have friends of mine who will lay on the couch all day and watch college football. And I guess if you're able to flip around, you can, for the most part, make it so that you're not watching that many commercials because, you know, if the, if the main game you're watching goes commercials, you flip it over to some other game and hope it's not on a commercial. But for people that actually watch live games, or sorry, watch games live, I like on TV live, not live in person live, uh, I, I don't get it. So many commercials. It's so repetitive, too. It's the same same products over and over again. We get it, Dr. Pepper. We get it, Papa John's. You're proud sponsors of college football. My God. Do we need that many commercials? What are you guys paying? Tens of millions? The answer is yes. Um, so anyway, I, I use all that as an introduction. Just want to talk about kind of what went down today and, and what's going on in the landscape of college football uh, as we currently know it. And I won't go in order with top 10 teams, but I'll try to make sure I touch on the top 10 teams um, as I kind of go down the list. So at noon, there were two very important games that happened today in the noon kickoff. Everything's EST that I'm talking about. The noon kickoff window. We had the, uh, and I already scrolled way past it because I'm an idiot apparently. We had the the TCU-Baylor game and we had Illinois-Michigan. Now, both of these games... TCU, I'm sorry, Michigan ranked number three, TCU number four. Both had implications. If either one of these teams had lost, they are essentially out. Michigan, maybe if they had lost to Illinois, 
and then come back to be Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship. They could have snuck their way into the top four somehow, but I doubt it. If either one of these teams had lost, they would have been out. Both of these teams were down for most of the game. TCU was down 28-20. to 20. They scored a touchdown with like two minutes to go, went for two to try to tie it. Did not make it, so it's now 26-28. Baylor got the ball back, didn't do anything. Left TCU with a little over a minute or a little under a minute. can't remember exactly. TCU, TCU drove down the field. I think they only had one timeout for that entire drive. Um, and by the time it was all said and done, they threw a or ran a play in the middle of the field. There's like 15 seconds to go. They didn't have any timeouts left. The clock's ticking. They had the field goal team run out, attempt a 40-yard field goal, and hit it. They win 29-28. I was so annoyed. That would have been the big one. If TCU loses, they're out. They have no way back in. Even if they go on to win their conference championship, like forget about it. TCU is the is the Cinderella in there right now. So any any issue with their resume, they're gone. So that was one that I knew that we could have booted them way back and we would have leapfrogged over them in the standings. Again, we being Clemson in this case. So that pissed me off. Minutes later, actually as I'm driving to Chick-fil-A to pick up lunch for the wife and I, um, Michigan and Illinois. Illinois had been up 17-10, and then Michigan kicked a field goal. They kicked another field goal, and then there are some questionable calls on their final drive but they drove down and they kicked a field goal with essentially no time left. They won 19-17. Now, again, in both of these games, TCU versus Baylor and Michigan versus Illinois, neither one of these teams had any business, or neither one of these games had any business being close. They shouldn't have been close. The, the higher-ranked teams far outclassed the lower-ranked teams. Should have probably won. I don't know what the lines were in either one of those games, but I'm assuming it was double digits for both. So... Um, it's crazy that that they were even this close, but it's just super annoying that they both came back to win. And so, the spoiler alert: the top ten teams today, all but one of them were were chalk. All of them won as as they should have. So, those were two big games that were closer than they should have been, and could have been huge for Clemson's opportunity to get back into the conversation of being in the top four. Um, then going all the way to the top, you had Georgia, who was playing Kentucky uh, in an SEC clash. And I'm trying to find the final score. I think it was 16-9, to nine, if I'm not mistaken. Why is it not showing up? There it is, 16-6. to six. Um, But that game was pretty close, too. Like, Georgia should have beaten the crap out of Kentucky because they haven't beaten the crap out of just about everybody all year long, and they didn't. Didn't be the, the crap out of Kentucky. It was actually a very close game. And Kentucky had several chances to kind of score and make it a one-score game. They never did. 16-6 to six is how that one ended up. Um, and the, only, the only one that was really a snoozer and went the way it should have today. And, well, I mean, there were several others that people might call snoozers. But that really had no drama at all was Ohio State. Ohio State played Maryland. Uh, they ended up winning 43-30. I guess it wasn't a total snoozer. Maryland acted like they were coming back a couple times, but Ohio State was pretty much always, from the second half on, they, they kind of had it comfortably in hand. There, there, there weren't any dire moments like TCU and, and Michigan both faced. So, uh, so Ohio State, so the top four teams won. Georgia won, Ohio State won, Michigan won, and TCU won. Now, obviously, next week is the showdown 
for the Big Ten title, essentially, between Ohio State and Michigan. The big question is what the outcome of that game, the impact the outcome of that game has on the college football playoff. And I'll tell you why. So it's number team, the number two team versus the number three team, assuming nothing shakes up in the standings, which I don't, it, it won't. Um, and is it going to be a close game? Is it going to be a blowout? Let's go through both scenarios. If it's a blowout and Ohio State wins by 25 points, Michigan's gone. They have no chance. They're done. Their season's over. They'll get to some big bowl game, but they're not going to make it to the college football playoff. If it's a close game and either team wins, the winner will probably stay where they are in either two or three. This is assuming Georgia wins. The loser might fall out of the top four, might stay in the top four, especially if it goes like overtime or something or like multiple overtimes. I don't know what kind of impact that would have. And then I would like to think, although I have my reasons to believe that this might not be true, let's say Michigan wallops Ohio State. I don't see how that's going to happen. But let's say that actually happened, especially based on today's results. If Michigan wins by 20 or 25 over Ohio State, does Ohio State fall all the way out of the picture entirely? Are they completely gone? Michigan leaps up to two or maybe one. If they have a convincing win, do they become the top seed? Depends on what happens to Georgia, blah, 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 blah. But we'll just have to wait and see. Um, what I think is likely to happen is Ohio State will win, maybe not by 20, but let's say they win by 7, 8, 9, 10 points, something like that. Michigan's gone. Ohio State stays number two. I think Georgia's going to win out. Ohio State's going to win out. So that's your one and two. So basically, there's like six or seven other teams fighting for two spots, the third spot and the fourth spot, if and when that happens. But almost regardless, unless it's a very tight multiple overtime game, either Michigan or Ohio State is not going to be in this conversation in one week's time. Late, late uh, post-Thanksgiving present for myself if that is how it goes down. Now, as for the other teams who have a chance of sneaking their way in, if we work our way down the rest of the list of the top top 10 teams going into this weekend, you have arguably, not even arguably, you have the surprise of the weekend, a game that I don't think anyone predicted. In fact, I know no one predicted it. Because I know a lot of people from this state because it was the South Carolina-Tennessee game. Now, South Carolina, who I believe is bowl eligible, but not by a lot, put a whooping on Tennessee. Final score, 63-38. to Now, to be fair, this game was in at Williams-Brice in Columbia. And the game was, I believe, 35-38. to 32, I want to say. USC ahead. South Carolina was ahead of Tennessee, 35-32. And Hendon Hooker, who is Tennessee's quarterback and one of the leading candidates for Heisman this year, went down with an injury. So that certainly impacted Tennessee's ability to continue on and perhaps win that game. Keep in mind, Tennessee had had a fantastic season up until this point. Their only loss coming at the hands of LSU a couple weeks ago, um, which, but they were still ranked fifth. So they were still, is that right? Am I saying that right? Is that how they lost to? But they were still, uh, they were still ranked fifth and still certainly in the conversation for, um, 
for making somehow making their way into the college football playoff. It would be difficult because I don't think, and I don't know enough about the SEC because I just don't care. I don't think they had a path into the, uh, they lost to Georgia. I'm sorry. I, I knew LSU sounded wrong. So they lost to Georgia, but they lost to the number one team in the country. That was two weeks ago. So they were still in that top five. They could have slid in there somehow, although I'm pretty sure it's already been determined that Georgia will be playing LSU for the SEC title game. So pretty unlikely that Tennessee could have made it in. But, hey, if, if you know, Ohio State beats up on Michigan, Michigan flies out, if TCU loses at some point, there would have been a way for Tennessee to get in there. Obviously not now. They have two losses. Their season's essentially over. Um, still a great team, but just got tripped up. Got tripped up today big time. Big time to lose by that kind of a score. But the point is that I was, was going to make in that South Carolina-Tennessee game, again, 63-38 to 38 was the final. Okay, so Hennon Hooker goes down, so you can't score as well because you're working with a backup quarterback. But you give up four touchdowns after that point in time? Four straight touchdowns. It went from 35-32 to 63-32. Tennessee scored a meaningless touchdown at the very end. I guess that's how they got the 38. I'm not really sure about that, but... Um, I wasn't watching the whole game. I was doing other stuff. But so it's just insane to me that AUSC put up that many points. Spencer Rattler was, was having a, a, a career day, but that they put up that many points on Tennessee at a point in the season when Tennessee still has so much to play for and had so much to lose, and now Tennessee's lost it. So, so Tennessee was ranked number five. So they're they're out. That is the one spot that Clemson's going to move up. Clemson will be number eight going into next week's ranking. So that's something. We could have moved up to seventh and sixth if TCU and Michigan both had lost, or presumably to seventh and sixth. If all three of those teams had lost, it would have been fantastic for Clemson. But we only got the one loss, unfortunately. Um, now, the other games that were impactful, um, well, one definitely was not. LSU played um, UAB, Alabama, Birmingham. And they won 41 to 10. That was kind of a non-factor. So now LSU will move up to five. So they're on the cusp. But but it doesn't that doesn't really matter. Because if LSU beats Georgia and the SEC, assuming everything goes scratch next week, if LSU beats Georgia, they're in. If Georgia beats LSU, they're still out. I mean they're out now because they're gonna be in fifth. So they're they're definitely out. They're way out. Um, so by the way, I'm I'm relying on that happening too. Uh, so, again, we have Clemson at 8, heading into next week. OSU, Michigan, presumably the loser of that game, will fly above 8th. So now we have Clemson down to 7th. LSU, Georgia, unless LSU beats Georgia, which would be terrible, but Georgia beats LSU, they're gone. Now we're down to 6th. And now it's a matter of what else happens there. So one of the other teams ahead of Clemson is Alabama. Alabama won today as well. Um, they are, or I'm sorry, they beat Austin P 34-0, so way to play tough competition there. But the issue that Alabama has is they're not going to play in the SEC championship this year. So even though they are currently, it doesn't have their ranking here. I guess they're ranked eighth currently going into this week. Uh, even though they're eighth, Clemson's going to, be able to leapfrog over them because Clemson plays in the ACC championship. Now, obviously, everything I'm saying depends on Clemson winning out. 
they have to beat USC next week, and they have to beat UNC, North Carolina, in the ACC championship. If they don't, this is all a moot point. Um, so hopefully they do, and all this thought and effort and, and talking is, is worth something. But in any event, um, that has to happen for any of this to be even remotely relevant. So, but Alabama does play, doesn't play in a championship game this year. So they really, honestly, of all the teams, they have the they have no path towards the top four. I, I don't see any way that they could make it to the top four. I really don't. Um, they'd have to get past three people, but they, I assume, play Auburn next week. I haven't looked at the schedule, but I assume that's who they play. And even if they win, okay, that's it. Now what are you going to do? Even if LSU beats Georgia, the SEC representation, SEC could get two teams in. A lot of people thought it would have been maybe Georgia and Tennessee. Maybe if LSU wins the SEC, LSU and Tennessee. Well, it's not Tennessee anymore, but it's not Alabama either. If if the SEC gets two teams in the Final Four, it's going to be LSU and Georgia. And the only way that can happen is if LSU beats Georgia in a close SEC title game and let's say Georgia falls down to three or four and LSU vaults into number two or number one, which would be crazy because LSU already has two losses. But Alabama has two losses, so they're out. So again, Alabama's in front of Clemson, so they're not a factor. So the only other team remaining is USC. Now, USC played UCLA this evening, and it was a tight, a tight game. It was back and forth. UCLA was up one and a half, I think 21-20. Um, but USC won. Final score is 48-45. Now, USC is known for messing up at the end of the year. They're going to play in the Pac-12 title game, I believe, against either Utah or Oregon, a game that's going on right now, and a game that's, as of right now, is very close. There's about 10 minutes to go. Oregon's up by a field goal, 20-17. to So we'll see what happens there. But I could see USC having a mess up and, and, and not making it. I could see USC also, if a number of things happen, winning the Pac-12 title and still not making it into the top four. However, if that happens, then that means Clemson didn't make it either because USC is currently ahead. They have one loss, currently had the rankings versus Clemson. And if they both win their respective titles, it's not like the ACC title is any more... Some might argue it is, but it's like it's not like winning the ACC conference is any more of a reputation builder versus winning the Pac-12. So, so that's a problem. I needed US, I needed UCLA to win today as well, and they tried their darndest, but they did not. So UCLA, Illinois, and Baylor all screwed me today. If they all would have won, and with the Tennessee loss. Clemson could literally be the team on the cusp. They could be number five tonight, which would have been amazing. But instead, number five tonight, they would have been number five with the next rankings. Instead, I'm quite confident we're going to be number eight. But again, Alabama is going to be easy to leapfrog over. LSU is probably going to get flicked out of there as well. Presumably, either Ohio State or Michigan is going to get flicked out of there. So, at this point, we need either a USC loss in the Pac-12 championship or a TCU upset to actually go through and happen. And that's a very legitimate path to Clemson getting into the Final Four. Um, I could see it happening. I could see both of those things happening. Um, It's just going to be a matter of time. So the worst-case scenario would be 
if LSU beats Georgia, then we're totally screwed because Georgia would probably still make it in. So now the SEC would take up two spots. The winner of Ohio State Michigan would be in, so that's three spots. Then we definitely need TCU to lose. We definitely need USC to lose. We need a bunch of stuff to happen at that point in time. Um, so we're hoping that does not happen. But it's today was just a crazy day. So many games were so close that should not have been. Absolutely should not have been. By the way, I didn't even mention this. I, I think I mentioned that they won, but Clemson did win 40-10. to 10. And, you know, a little insight into that. That was Clemson's 40th straight home win, and we scored 40 points. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, and it, it locks in 12 straight years of 10-plus wins. And they talked, a lot, uh, they talked about that a lot. Obviously, 12 straight years of 10-plus wins, two of them, 2016 season, 2018 season, that ended in the national championships. And they the announcers were talking about how, like, the fans, the fan base of Clemson is almost, is almost spoiled because of this dynasty that's going on. And I'm not even going to disagree. There's definitely some level of truth in that because every, going into every season, we have super high expectations. And as soon as we lose a game, it's like, ah, oh, fuck. Like when we lost Notre Dame, it was a crusher because we should have beaten that team. But you think about it, when Clemson goes into a season, most seasons, they should win every game. If, if you know what I'm saying. They should be favored in every game as we have been this year. It's only the rare time, like a few years ago, we played Georgia. Uh, I guess that was two years ago we played Georgia to, to, to kick off the season. Or that was last year. That was last year. Um, and I think we lost 10-3. It was a close game. But, like, that sucked because we, we knew we were playing the team that ultimately won the championship. We knew we were playing a team that was stacked. and and But that's one of those rare situations where we go outside the ACC we play an SEC foe, and and it's you know the deck is kind of, the deck is kind of somewhat stacked against us. I'm not saying it was rigged or anything, but you know it's a very tough game to win. First game of the season, Clemson is very much a momentum type program where we normally play SC State or Furman for the first game, win sixty five to to three, and then kind of build momentum from there. So, um, but yeah, when you have a dynasty, Alabama's the same way. This year's a little tougher. And it's tougher for them, too, because it's tougher tougher uh, rowing through the SEC. I'll, I'll acknowledge that. But they are often favored in every game they play. Ohio State's the same way. Has been that way for a number of years. And so, again, the announcer is talking about the expectations and, and are we, you know, uh, are we spoiled almost? And, yeah. We kind of are. And I it, I have to kind of jog my memory to think back to when I was actually a student there in the late 90s and early aughts to when we definitely were not favored in every game. And Florida State was the dominant force in the ACC. And that was our big game every year because, you know, maybe let's say we were 7-1 or 7-2 going into that game. Well, that could make or break whether or not we ended up in the top 25. And that was our victory ending up in the top 25, getting a decent bowl game. But now we've just, we've, you know, we've notched it up that next level. And now that's not good enough anymore. And that's not fair for the coaching staff and the players, obviously, at Clemson. But it's just reality. And when you become a program of that caliber, that's just now your new normal. 
And again, you know, as much as I hate them, Alabama has been there for a number of years. Ohio State and the Big Ten has been there for a number of years. Um, Nebraska in the 90s was there for a number of years. Again, Florida State in the ACC in the 90s and, and a little beyond was, was that leading force. Um, and it's tough to keep that going. It's even tougher in college basketball, but in college football, top players are leaving after two or three years. And, you know, it really shines a light on the importance of recruiting. You have to be a solid recruiter because you're constantly replacing guys that are going off to the NFL, and you have to have something coming up behind. You know, the younger the younger generation has to be good, has to be solid, has to keep that mentality that, uh, you know, what, what, whatever that team spirit is, not spirit like rah-rah, but just the, you know, how the team is built. It has to, it has to maintain, it has to be consistent. And that's hard to do because you're talking about bringing in 18, 19-year-old kids and having the buy-in right away. That's not easy to do. That's why you see so many other programs come up, come down, come up, come down. And why it's so rare for the Clemsons and Alabamas of the world to even exist. Again, particularly in football. Basketball, the best teams are the ones that can get the best one-and-dones, but everybody's a one-and-done nowadays. You know, look at the NBA draft the past, I don't know, five, six years. 80% of the top, hell, 80% of the first round are usually, not always, but usually freshmen or international players. It's very rare that you're drafting seniors off of a college team to go in the NBA. So um, just a different beast altogether. But sorry, I keep yawning. Again, it is very late. It's after 1130 here, but I needed to get this up before midnight, and I will do that. So anyway, um, so yeah, I just, want to, I just want to take a few minutes to break it down. If you're a USC fan out there, if you're, you know, locally, you listen um, congrats on your win today. I'm glad you got all your points scoring out of the way. So the next week you score three to seven points and Clemson will go into to Williams Bryce and score 30, 35 and ball game. Um, obviously to Clemson fans, there's still, there's still a chance. And by the way, if we end up fifth or sixth and, and on the outside looking in the CFP, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, I, I, again, as someone who graduated in 2001, I would have been thrilled with that. Totally different system. It's BCS system back then, obviously. But being ranked top six, top five in the country, get out of here. That's fantastic. So we have to keep that in perspective. If that happens again this year, that's still a gigantic, huge win. And if we end up fifth or sixth, that means we would have won the ACC championship and had a 12-1 and season. Nothing wrong with that at all. Nothing to be ashamed of. Um, and something you can definitely take pride in. So... But again, there's a bunch of different ways that we could squeak in. And it's, you know, USC has to lose. TCU is probably not going to lose. So USC has to lose. And then a couple other funky things have to happen. But very possible, very realistic that the Clemson could sneak in there as, the, uh, as a Power 5 conference title holder with only one loss. The one loss was bad. I'm the first to acknowledge that. Shouldn't have lost another name. If we were going to, should have lost in overtime like we did a couple of years ago. Like That would have at least been something that I could, I, I could swallow. But the way we lost was embarrassing. It was 
we played terrible. So, um, but, you know, the committee, who the hell knows? They do what they're going to do. We'll just have to wait and see what decisions they make. And hopefully they make the right ones. And hopefully some of these games that didn't fall the way I was hoping today will fall the way I hope um, next week and during the championship weekend, which is the weekend after. So we'll just have to have to wait and see. Stay tuned on that. But, yeah, college football is alive and well, guys. Um, oh, and I, I meant to mention this earlier. The the best um, best part of waking up. No, the, the case in point for that is the fact that game day this morning was in Montana, was in Bozeman for the Montana-Montana State game. Uh, it was like negative two or something. It was crazy that they were doing an outdoor show live at, I guess it started at 6 a.m. Are they, are they West Coast time? Maybe not. They're by Mountain time. Whatever, 6 or 7 a.m., just freezing, no sun to warm them up. So kudos to them. But it's it just a sign of a sign of how alive and well college football is because there were a bunch of people out there at that early in the morning in those terribly frigid conditions. So good on them. And by the way, most of you, I assume, are familiar with uh, College Game Day. The guest picker today was Nick Faldo, the, I believe, Australian or Irish? Must be Irish because he's Sir Nick Faldo. Irish golfer um, who I guess has a ranch in that area. If you're going to do Montana, pull Phil Jackson out of out of hiding. That would have been amazing. I would have much rather watched that. Anyway, what are you going to do? Beggars can't be choosers. But yeah, apparently Nick Faldo hangs out in Montana and has a ranch like a working ranch, I think. It's pretty wild. Did not know that. I know very little about current golfers, let alone retired golfers, so who the hell knows. Anyway, I want to thank you guys for for tuning in and uh, giving me a chance to just just wrap on the mic for 30, 35 minutes here today. Um, like I said, just in a few days from now, uh, as I'm uploading this, perhaps not as you hear this, but uh, the bicentennial episode for Todd and I on the Bro Pod the flagship show on this network will be uploaded. The plan and the hope is to get it uploaded the day before Thanksgiving, so Wednesday the 24th, I think. Maybe 23rd, whatever. Whatever the day before Thanksgiving is. That Wednesday is when the show will go up. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. I think it's 23rd. I'm hoping to upload it. Um, that's going to be a, a superb one. We're actually recording it in two parts because it's going to be that long. So uh, something you can listen to while you're sitting in traffic trying to trying to drive to grandma's house to get some of the the pie and mashed potatoes and turkey and stuffing. So hope you enjoyed that episode. Hope you enjoyed this one. And, uh, yeah, I will speak to you guys real soon. But until then, guys, see you.